Hi, this is Paul Avgerinos. You're listening to Soul Traveler Radio, the home of conscious music. You got to You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just bad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Clap along if you feel like that's what you want to do. Hello and welcome to Accentuate the Positive with Karen Swain here on Soul Traveller Radio. Have we got a delightful show for you today? My guest on the show today is New Age musician Paul Avgerinos. Hello, Paul. Welcome to the show. Hello, Karen. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you across the many miles. Across the many miles. Now, where are you? You're in the States somewhere? Yes, I'm in lovely Reading, Connecticut. It's just uh, just east of New York City, and uh, we call it the Shire because it's uh, very bucolic. Lots of forests and hills and dales, and lots of places for elves and pixies to hide out and oh, practice their magic. How gorgeous! How gorgeous! <laughs> yeah. Now. Shane Locke from Soul Traveller Radio has interviewed Paul before, last year, before the Grammys, because he was talking to all the people that were nominated for a Grammy Award this year that are conscious musicians, and so he was very excited about it, and you were one of the nominees, and of course, you won. (laughs) Oh, praise. Congratulations. Praise the the goddess. Praise my guru, Amma. And all the wonderful uh, supporters and friends. It's just such such an amazing journey. It's just been so fabulous and just a state of grace, really. State of grace. Well, it's beautiful to be recognized, but the beauty, the beauty of the Grammys is that it creates exposure. And for someone that wants exposure because they want to be famous and they want to be in the lights and they want to be fabulous, you know, that doesn't mean anything to me, I have to say. But somebody that wants exposure because they've got a message to bring, they've got, you know, energy and heart to share. Now, that excites me. That kind of turns me on. <laughs> So yeah. it's beautiful that the you know that more people are being exposed to the sort of thing that you're doing. I, I know that Shane probably went a little bit into your journey, and you can listen to the podcast on SoulTravelerRadio.com. But we're going to go there again. How did the music? How did the music thing start? Well, I'm with you 100. percent I'm really not very interested in the glory and the celebrity, but as a vehicle to reach more souls with a message of unconditional love and to share that beautiful, blessed state that, that, that God gives us on this earth. That's worth it all, you know, that just makes it so fabulous. So my journey began, like most musicians, you know, with jazz and rock and classical. But then around 15, I realized that music had this tremendous spiritual power, that yeah. it, it was a spiritual path. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I played, dragged the bow across the bass violin, and I put the neck against my bone in my head, and I heard the voice of God. About 15 years old, I said, there it is. That's what I'm here for. That's what I've come here to do. Music, it's this, this beautiful spiritual path, you know, it connects you directly to God immediately. The yeah. speed of light, speed of sound, and then you can reach out and you can, help other people to feel better. You know, you can comfort them and uplift them and bless them. 
millions of people that you never get to see them. You know, I, I love to give massages to people, you know, rub your neck, rub your feet. But with music, you can give a massage to the whole world, you know, the more the people that hear the music, it's like they're receiving this vibrational massage, this vibrational comfort. So it really is it's such a blessing to be able to work in this this uh, queen of the arts, as we call it. Music is the queen of the arts, and it's such an honor and a blessing to be able to serve in this way. And, you know, God's just been guiding me along. And every time I've thought, you know, what am I doing? This is delicate music, you know, <laughs> is anybody listening? <laughs> you know, I would have doubts, like we all have doubts sometimes. But then God would send some little, little sign, you know, like an award or a fan would write me a message and say, oh, I love your music and it makes me feel better. And I'd say, oh, well, then I'm doing the right thing. I should keep doing this work, you know. And, and in the last uh, few years, the messages have gotten stronger <laughs> and clearer. So how many years have, be, have you been doing New Age music? Well, I started in the 70s, actually, before it was even called New Age. Yeah, I was doing this kind of music in 75 and 80. And uh, about 85, 87, the, the words New Age music started to become part of our vocabulary. And then I became very active in it, you know, as 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 the goddess works, as law of attraction works, you know, I ran into a man who he needed cassettes manufactured and he happened to run a new age label. And he says, would you like to make some albums? I said, sure. So I made like five or six albums for him, you know, and that began new age music career, you know, because in the, in the late eighties, it was really starting to be a thing. You know, it was, it was a genre. It was, a, it was a, a happening scene. And so I was very blessed to do a lot of albums, you know, of over 30 years. And um, I don't really even know how many I've done at this point. It's, a lot of them are out of print, you know, and stuff. So who cares, right? It's just, it's all love. It's all good. So no, you've been prolific, you know, pumping out that, you know, getting your music out of you. You know, my, one of my favorite sayings is Wayne Dyer classically said, it, I want to get all my music out of me before I die. <laughs> Yeah, that's beautiful. And Ryan's everyone, awesome. everyone has different music. Some people are artists; they draw. Some people speak. Some people, you know, make. Some people do music. But you know, our music yeah. is something different for everyone. But we have to get it out yeah. of us before we die. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we do our our highest version of ourselves. You know, to fulfill our highest and greatest destiny. That's one of my constant mantras. You know that. Yeah. Just want to do do the best with the gifts that I've been given in this world, you know. Share as much love and light as I can with as many people as I can. Yeah. So it's beautiful so. to be recognized. I would imagine that you've been through a fair bit of struggle, you know, because the genre of New Age music, we'll talk about, you know, what New Age music means, has not really been a genre where the, maybe there are heaps of fans and the and the money's flooding in, not like pop, <laughs> you know, not like pop music. But um, right. I suppose that when you're doing your heart's desire, you do it because it feels good, not because of the rewards financially, really. Exactly. Yes. There's, the, the rewards are invaluable. They're, they're priceless. And, and many people would pay a lot of money to have the kind of peace and contentment that I experience when I work on my albums. And, you know, when you're done working hard in the studio, you are very good tired. You know, you feel like you've done something worthwhile. You, you've, you've 
brought some light and love into this world, you know. You know, you can earn lots of money, you can be a big name or whatever, but what are you adding to the world? You know, what are you sharing with all the other souls? There's so many suffering beings in this world that we have to help them and serve them and comfort and love and uplift as much as we can because it just makes my life so meaningful, you know? Yeah, it's just uh, deeply meaningful. So when did the Grammys recognize the new age genre? You know, when did the Grammys start putting in the new age genre? Yeah, the first award was in 1987. It was given to Andreas Bollenweider. And uh, I remember seeing this happen, and it was very exciting because, you know, it's like, wow, that's our cool little hippy-dippy genre is, you know, being recognized by this mainstream academy and, uh, you know, Enya was recognized and, you know, Paul Winter and, you know, great artists were, were recognized over the years. And it's so funny because I remember watching that and just thinking like, oh, wow, you know, that's so cool. But that will never happen to me. You know, it was like, you know, I was thinking like, I was thinking like, wow, that is so awesome. But, you know, don't, you know, it's a nice pipe dream, but get back to work, you know, get back to reality. (laughs) It's so funny. (laughs) Because if you told me even three or four years ago that I was going to win the New Age Grammy, I'd be like, seriously, you know, you're just messing with me, (laughs) you know. I I have a very uh, modest, uh, I think appropriate sense of self-esteem. I just try to be real. I don't hold myself in any kind of high regard. I'm just a I'm a humble craftsman, you know, I, I work away at my music, but, you know, there are great artists, and then, you know, it's up to Bar- oh, Bar- st- decide who is truly great, you know, like Stop Bach. Stop you, no, you know, <laughs> look, you're, you're amazing. Okay, so one of Shane's dreams is to see the Grammys and, and, and mainstreams recognized because conscious music, you know, Soul Traveler Radio is the home of conscious music, invite so many different genres these days like conscious music is exploding especially now but it has been for the last 10 years but it's just getting bigger and bigger and so there are so many different categories and I think the Grammys only recognize two it's world music and new age music isn't it there's only the two categories that they recognize there's you know there's indie there's pop now that's all sort of conscious music there's there's country music jazz there's so many well, yeah, I mean, it's it's very possible for a spiritually conscious jazz project to get a nomination for a uplifting, spiritually focused um, a country project. You know, it's I know we talked about this with Shane that you know a lot of us would like to see Kurt Kirtan more more um, fully recognized. You yeah. know, mantra um, Kirtan. Yeah, yeah, that would be great, but. I think the issue is that we don't want to diffuse the categories too much because then, you know, you get like sub too many categories. There's already about 82 Grammy categories. Yeah. And so, yeah, so the NARIS, the, the Academy has to think, you know, strategically what's good for everyone. You know, the, the good of the many outweighs the good of the few. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and of course, like any big organization, they're going to tend to lag behind, you know, yeah. what's actually happening. What's actually street. happening? Well, let's yeah. talk about the category of new age music. So, how do you define new age music? Because people that 
you know, don't really understand what new age music is. When they think of that word, what are they thinking of? Yeah. Well, my definition is very old school. For me, it's, it's any music that has at its core a spiritual focus. So it's not so much about the genre, the type of music, like it could be Celtic, it could be world, it could be Kirtan, it could be uh, Indian, it could be Mexican. It's, it's not really about the actual music. It's more about the intention of it. Like what's the purpose of it? You know, what is the message of it? What, what do the makers hope that the listeners will feel and how, how do the creators hope that the listeners will be benefited by it, you know? Yeah, so that's I'm old school like that. Now, the, the, the definition today, I think, is a lot broader in that younger people and even a lot of my contemporaries see New Age as more as, um, you know, like uh, classical chamber music. They would might say that that's New Age music. But to me, if it doesn't have a strong spiritual vibration that would cause me to want to meditate, want to do yoga, want to focus on the spiritual, then I would not call it that. So my definition is kind of, is back from the 80s. It's very old school. It's very traditional because uh, that's where I came from. And those are the, that's the, the way that I make albums. You know, when I make a new age album, that's how I approach it personally. You know, I'm thinking, you know, what are you going to be doing while you're listening to this album and how will it serve you? Will yeah, you be getting a massage? Like when I made Grace, that won the Grammy, I was thinking, well, you might be getting a massage, or you might be getting Reiki treatment, or reflexology, or you might be doing a gentle yoga. You know, and so it's it's a true, a quintessential New Age album. Um, I have a lot of friends, have very loved and respected colleagues that make albums that I'm not sure I would call them New Age. But it, it's this, you know, you know how words are. I mean, that's why we do music, right? Because the the words they fail us. You know, categories are very limiting, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think on the good side, though, New Age is is much broader than it ever was. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's a big tent. It's a yeah. big tent, and uh, there's so much diversity in it that this is very beautiful. Really, yeah. it is. Yeah. I wouldn't say, you know, that I want to embrace all of those recordings personally, but, you know, that's the beauty of it. Other people do want to embrace them, you know, because this is the diversity. That's why music is, is so diverse, because, you know, people have very different vibrational needs, different times of the life, different ages, young man, young woman, different cultures, you know, one music serves me beautifully and another time it's another music that I need yeah you know words are so dif difficult as you say uh, it, in a new age is is a word that maybe came around in the 80s and then people that are in the now they don't want to use that word because they associate it with something that they don't believe in and it's just like oh it's so confusing <laughs> so you know we call it conscious music and they're like what does that mean and uh, it's it's being aware and conscious that you're creating music for a purpose to to uplift to to relax to to center to get back to the get back to the grace get back to grace <laughs> yeah yeah and there's an album called grace <laughs> so, so, yeah conscious conscious music is a beautiful uh, way of putting it it is because you know it, it it you get you you sever the connection with the, the old uh you know, the old uh, 
maybe maybe limiting uh, definition, you know. So it's like, it's like pop music, you know. Some musicians they play pop music and they say, "Don't call my music pop music." It's like ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well. You hope that your music is popular. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. It just means popular oh, what music. What musician would want, not want their music to be popular? popular. Exactly. <laughs> Only a very foolish one. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So something that I loved watching your Grammy speech, and I'll play the Grammy speech, uh, is that when you went up on stage, you know, you thanked God, which a lot of people do in accepting awards. And then, you know, when people watch their people thank God, they immediately go to their particular religion, you know, whatever religion that is, and everyone's, you know, pointing at each other saying, your God's the wrong God, my God's the right God. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah. And then you went, you know, you thanked, you thanked, I think, Amar, wasn't it? And you went, Shema, Shema, what was it, the word that you said? Jema, 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 and I love that you brought those two together. You know, on yeah, the right day. after the Lord Jesus, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. You thank Jesus, that's right, Jesus, yes, not yeah. God. So Jesus is, you know, like obviously the Christian thing, and and then and then you went into the sort of Hindu thing, and it was beautiful to bring those two together on a world platform like that. You know, thank you. Yeah, it says that you know Jesus and. God and it's it's all one. It's just no matter what label you put on it, pop, conscious, new age, Hindu, <laughs> Buddha, exactly. you know, it's just uh, all one. For best new age album, the nominees are Paul Avgerinos, Madi Das, Catherine Duke, Peter Cater, Ron Korb. And the Grammy goes to Grace. Oh my God, I'm just, <laughs> give me a second. This is so, so, so heavy for me. So, it's a lifelong dream come true for me. Back in 87, when the first New Age Grammy was awarded to Andreas Volenweiter, I, I had some fantasies and dreams that I might win this someday, but I actually never thought I would even get a nomination. So, this is so special to me. I'm so grateful to every member of the Academy and all of our wonderful extended family all our G friends, all our beloved family. Couldn't do this without you guys. Couldn't even get out of bed in the morning without you guys, I tell you. Now I gotta, gotta thank the good Lord Jesus. Gotta thank, gotta thank my Sadhguru Amma, Jema, Jema. Now I gotta thank all the musicians that were on Grace, all the beautiful players that made it so special. And last but not least, my dear wife Jennifer, who's having our baby in a few days, and who, without whom, I'd be completely lost. And, and she made this album the best that it could be, with her support and her love and her guidance. I love you all so very much. Thank you for this honor. It's unfathomable. It's just so beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, that's the beauty of it is, uh, for me, it's real life because uh, I am a seriously devout Christian, and I'm also a serious devout devotee of, of Amma, you know, and yeah. I have no problem with, for me, Lord Jesus is dwelling in Amma, is come back to earth in the form of this woman, or a woman. So this you is Amma I, I have no, yeah, I have no doubt it. This is the hugging Amma? Yes, this is the, the hugging saint, Amma, yeah, see, she's... So you have no doubt that that's Jesus returned? 
No doubt at all. I no want to say something to you. Now, there's a, I interviewed someone last year who has a blog called Channeling Eric, and um, so her son died when uh, about six years ago he shot himself, and now he channels through different mediums as a guide. And she has interviewed him, you know, so she's speaking to someone in the afterlife, and he goes and gets people to be interviewed. So there are all these fabulous interviews in the afterlife, and they interviewed Jesus. And he, they said, are you back on earth now? And he said, yes. And uh, he's been back many times. And they said, well, who are you? And he said, <laughs> all I will say is that I'm residing in a female form in India. <laughs> I love it. Jay Moss. <laughs> so I can tell you a few Ama stories. It's time. So, you know, last year I was nominated for Bhakti. It was a, a little light kirtan, you know, a couple English. It was kirtan praising uh, Jesus. I had, uh, instead of Hare Krishna, I had Hare Yezu, Hare Yezu, 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 Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. You know, instead of the traditional Maha Mantra, I changed it to Christ, right? Because uh, the Lord Jesus appeared to me in a full-blown vision in 1983, and uh it's very funny because I was a practicing Hindu at the time. You know, I was chanting all full out, full out Hindu pretty much. And uh, who appears to me? Krishna, Rama, Sita? No, Lord Jesus appears to me. Very funny. The goddess has a sense of humor. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I followed that path for about 20 years uh, after that. And uh, very as faithfully as I could. And then uh, one of my kirtan artists led me to Amma. And, you know, within a year, I had no doubt, you know, it's one, 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 of, those, one of the functions uh, in Toronto, I was sitting right in front and she came on to Daishloka and Arti and she came and I exploded into tears and the voice said clearly, behold, the Lamb of God, there is the Lamb of God. You know, it's just no doubt that you just look at her ministry. She's doing everything that Jesus did by times 10,000, times 100,000. So here's my little Ama story. So, okay, so after the last Grammys, Bhakti was nominated. A few days after the Grammys, Jen and I, my wife Jen and I, flew to India to become devotees of Ama. We went to Amritapuri, the birthplace, her, her ashram where she was born. Incredibly powerful experience. We became devotees. We got our mantras. A few days later, we asked for a baby blessing. We asked for her blessing to have a baby. And that was on February 20th of 2015. And so my wife, we got pregnant in May, and my wife's due date was February 20th of this year. The exact same day of the blessing was our due date. And on the 27th, 12 days after I won the Grammy, Juliana Joy was born, healthy, beautiful, very auspicious child, who... When she was about two hours old, I was holding her, and I said, you're my little bodhisattva, aren't you? And the lips went up into a Buddha smile five times, in case I thought that I was hallucinating. I said, you're my little Buddha, aren't you? And she said, the smile. Two hours old. Five times she did it, just in case. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, five times. And she's, she did it today. As a matter of fact, we were tramming her down the road in our little buggy. And uh, on the way back, 
I was teasing her, playing with her, and she, you know, I said, "You're my little buddy Safa, aren't you?" And again, the little Buddha smile went up, and then her eyes went off to the side. Like, you know, more than you know, it was like, just get ready for what's coming. You know, we did the Vedic astrology chart on on Juliana, and it's it's really auspicious. She's gonna do. She's gonna. She's gonna spread a lot of light and love. Well, you know, she already is spreading uh, love and light. Yeah, <laughs> she is. Exactly. Have, a, have a look at her photograph. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so true. She already is. So, were you trying for a long time to have a, a baby? You yeah, and your wife? we were trying for three years. We had several miscarriages. Yeah. My wife had two eptopic, eptopic pregnancies, which are very dangerous, and you know, we're not young, and and so. The odds were very much stacked against us to, to have. So know. have you had other children before? I do have a grown daughter, a 37-year-old daughter, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, so I, this is uh, it's like a... Can I ask you, can I be nosy? new life, you know. It's like my whole life has started over again in such, a, such an auspicious way. Can I ask you how old you are? I'm 58. Wow, that's beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. You know, my dad had his third family in his 50s. He had a few wives and a few children. I was, you know, lot number one. And then oh. he got married <laughs> again, had another child, and he had three girls in his 50s. And, look, I have to say he really enjoyed being a dad more in his 50s than he did when he was young and ambitious. He yeah, really yeah. enjoyed it. And they got, you know, those girls got the best of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that my daughter would say the same thing. You know, it's it's hard it's hard to be a good dad when you're 19 years old and you have no career and you have no, you know, you know, you're just struggling to, you don't even know who you are yeah. and, and you're very unsure of everything. So it's hard to be a good, a good solid dad. You know, now I, I'm, I'm good at it. You know, I really enjoy it. it yeah. I, I look forward to spending time with her. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not afraid of it. I don't, it's just a beautiful thing. It's just, it's an honor to be able to, to take care of her, you know, and yeah. to help a little bit as I can. So it really is special, so magical. So did you play her your music before she came into this physical world, before she popped out? Yeah, yeah. I, was, I started working. Uh, my new album is called Ama, of course, and it's all kirtan. You're going to like this one. You guys are going to like it because it's all kirtan and it's all... Mm, uh, eight tracks in Sanskrit and three tracks in English. It's all singing. It's all kirtan. It's all devotional songs to Amma. And I started on it in December, you know, so in the last trimester. So um, Juliana's been hearing it. And one of the songs is called Amma's Child. It's a like an upbeat lullaby, you know, because uh, these babies that are blessed by Amma, they come into the world through Amma's son Kalpa, they're, they're called Amma babies or Amma children, there's lots of them actually, as you're going to find out, there's actually tens of thousands of them, there's many, many devotee couples, you know, have received this blessing from Amma, and so it's really beautiful, and, um, you know, I'm so, so excited about this album, because I'll be able to, uh, I'm donating as many copies as they want to the bookstores all around the world to raise money for Amma's charities, you know. So I'm really uh, just so excited about that. Well, let's have a listen to one of the songs off the award-winning, Grammy award-winning album, Grace. <laughs> what song would you like to play, Paul? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I would say uh, Grace is the first song. It's, unless you want something a little more angelic, then you can play Angelic Presence. Well, during the show, we'll play both of them. So let's have a listen to Grace is. Cara and Accentuating the Positive here on Soul Traveller Radio. My guest today is Grammy award-winning New Age Kirtan artist or conscious music musician, Por Avdirinos. Now, your name. I have seen a few people butcher your name, your last name, you know, even the, at, the, at the Grammys, <laughs> the way they said your name. I saw you talking online and you said, hola, esta Pablo Avdirinos. Oh, I said in in Greek. So how would you pronounce your name if you did it really correctly? Oh, well, in English it's Avgerinos, like jur, like rhymes with per or bur or mer, Avgerinos. In Greek it's prettier, it's Avgerinos. Pablos Pablos Constantinos Avgerinos. Very dramatic name. I like Avierinos. I think Avierinos is nice than Avgerinos. Yeah, well, you know, when when, uh, names come from the old world to the new world, they often get simplified because uh, people can't pronounce them. So, but yeah, I know it's it's, uh, so beautiful in in Greek. Um, But that's the way it is, huh? Yeah. but it's wonderfully interesting. You see, you said it so easily. Uh, people from Europe and other places, they're able to say it. But Americans, not so good. You know, Americans are very provincial and they have a, they have trouble saying Avgerinos. So if you ask them to say Avgerinos, they'll be like, have a, have a, who, what? <laughs> I mean, I love America, but, you know, America is a little bit backwards. Let's face it, a little bit of a backwards uh, provincial uh, backwater. 
Look, Americans have trouble saying Karen. I, I, I found it really interesting because most people think that my name is uh, pronounced Karen because Karen's the most common and that it's just my Amer- um, Australian accent. But, you know, mum was very insistent that it was pronounced. That's why I'm, I'm very, you know, careful to hear the way people say their names because I've got a name that is pronounced slightly different and mum was really insistent that people pronounce the name the way she intended yeah. And, and, you know, I found she died a long time ago. I found out that the ah sound, ah, ka, is that a sound of the heart? You know, the yeah, heart. Karen. So Karen. And Americans kind of say Karen. And I'm thinking, couldn't they say Karen? <laughs> like ah. Oh, yeah. Karen. Karen. But I guess that's just the way they say car. Like you would say, like an American would say car. That's a Boston dialect, yeah. In Boston, they go, you park the car, park the car by the stadium and go play the ball. <laughs> and Queens, they'd say, oh, or in Brooklyn, oh, I don't go down there because, you know, people down south are stupid. They talk funny down there. I don't know. And then down south, it's even funnier because they'd be like, y'all, y'all talk funny up No, I don't understand what you're talking. It's a strange way of talking you have up there in Connecticut. <laughs> I say, I say rightly that that is not right by God's good Bible for you to be speaking English that particular way. I mean, it's really funny. You, you should have made an act of <laughs> <laughs> It's a funny place, this country, really is. Oh, my gosh. I'm ready to move somewhere else, but we'll, no, just kidding. We're fine. <laughs> But we were talking about Amma before. I was saying how you know you were um, praising Jesus and Amma on the Grammy stage, which I found really beautiful. Amma was out here last year. I, last year for me was the year of the mother. There was yes. Mother Mira and Amma, and I had a gorgeous um, person staying with me who does conscious relationships, and she practices Ifa, which is the um, an African religion, which is the religion how nature responds to you, how nature talks to you. And she said to me, Karen, do you like the ocean? And I said, oh, the ocean is my mother. And she goes, oh, you're so Yemoja. And I said, what's Yemoja? She said, the mother. And I'm thinking, (laughs) you know, I had the mother energy happening last year. But when I was was hugging Amma uh, in Sydney here, my little cat of 20 years transitioned at the time I was hugging Amma. Yeah, and then a couple of months later, the next door neighbor moves in and a couple of little, she was a black cat, little black cat arrived. And when you were talking about Amma before, this little black cat was trying to get in. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Because yeah. I locked them out because they jump all over me when I'm doing interviews. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's beautiful. When you make your music, Paul, do you have that uh, divine Amma? Do you, you know, do you make it for her or for Jesus? Is that what you're focused on at the time that you're, downloading it i do i do i i try to be a channel so i'll say oh lord sing through me now i'm uh, sing through me or play through me or use me now you know i do channeling invocations when i'm uh, working in the studio and you know i do that all the time in life uh, i just want to be a pure instrument of devotion you know i just want to be pure bliss and pure love and to serve as beautifully, perfectly as I can, you know. And Amma talks a lot about uprooting the ego. You know, this is what a sadguru does for a devotee. She does it very gracefully, and 
in a beautiful ballet that you don't even really see it happening. You know, she's she brings experiences into your life that allow you to let go of your ego and help you to let go of your ego, you know, and to be more pure love, pure bliss, and without without that interference and that resistance, you know. And boy, she is good at it. <laughs> it's amazing. She's always dialing up these experiences. Like last week, a woman came into the studio to record an audio book. Never met her in my life. Megan Watterson, she'd written a beautiful book about the goddess. What a surprise. Reveal. It's called Reveal. How to live your, you know, to be truly, to be spiritually naked. Reveal. The seven veils, you know, dropping the seven veils. Really beautiful stuff. So she walks in the studio and sees the icon, the, the altar of Amma in front of my mixing board. She goes, oh, I'm home. You know, it's like, there's, you know, and she's been seeing Amma for 15 years in Boston. And, you know, and there's a very funny Amma story in her book where the first time she went to see Amma, she, uh, her, she and her friend made code names. She said, I'll be Lee and you be La. Together we're Leela, you know, the dance Right, the goddess the dance, dance. Yeah. the dance of God in the world. The so they God. thought they were being funny, you know. And when the Swami is invoking Amma, as he does at the beginning of each uh, function, each program, they were they were basically mocking the Swami, you know. <laughs> They're not being very, you know, respectful uh, devotees. Let's face it, because she was kind of a scholar. She was going to Harvard Divinity School at that time, and she wanted to, you know, check out this Amma phenomenon, you know, see like what what's this all about. And so when she was waiting at Darshan Line, she heard in her inside her head, she heard Ma, 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 this voice. And then she saw this little girl with a hole in her sock, pulling up her sock, this sweet little five-year-old girl looked her in the eyes and they had this moment, you know, and it was just really beautiful. And then she gets finally up to Amma, and Amma is hugging her, and Amma reaches into her ear and goes, Ma, 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 the same voice that she just been hearing. <laughs> of course, she exploded into tears and melted down, you know, and... So check another one, <laughs> you know, and, you know, we have 22 books about Amma at this point, you know, we're always collecting more and they're full of stories like this. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a daily occurrence around her. I mean, these things happen like constantly throughout the day and the night around her. So it's, it's just so, so beautiful. I mean, I just love those kinds of stories, you know, <laughs> they're so cool. I heard about Amma, you know, that when she hugs you, she, you know, takes on that the, the the disease that you have, the pain, or for some, not for all, but and that she's been um, she's been tested by doctors, and she has every known disease to man in, that runs through her body, and but she's not sick. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just uh, it's truly unfathomable. There are very few situations where the word unfathomable is actually appropriate. Yeah. Well. I mean, looking at the majesty of the universe, it's appropriate use of the word is unfathomable. She is unfathomable. She is uh, the Divine Mother. There's no doubt about it. It takes a team of three young, healthy people, two or three of them, three teams of them, to keep up with her eight-hour shifts. 
because she's going around the clock. In the middle of the night, she'll say, we're going here. These people need <laughs> stop the bus. This family is crying for me. And she'll go there and they'll go in and they'll be like, oh, but we were praying that you would come and you, you know, there you are. They're all crying. And it's just, it's just another day. <laughs> you know, you imagine, I mean, if, would you just go to a, a retreat with her? Just a three-day retreat in a nice hotel. It is so intense. Just being in the retreat, to actually walk with her, the walk, the life that she walks in her shoes, uh, those swamis, and I mean, uh, I have a lot of respect for the men and women that are, you know, right around her, like, trying to keep up with her. It's just, it's really amazing. I mean, you know, she's 62 years old, and she hardly sleeps ever, and you know, she's hugged like 40 million people at this point, you know? yeah, in person. In person, one at a time. You know, when I went to India with her to the ashram, that was a peak experience. Uh, being on the darshan stage, they let the men stay up there longer because there's less men. You know, there's less fervent men devotees, and I got to stay about ten feet from her for six hours or so in in blocks of like an hour here, an hour there. You know, and I would stay for an hour and a half, and then I'd go away and I'd come back, and she's still doing the same unconditional, you know, avalanche of love, this waterfall of love all over. You know, and every once in a while she'd look over at me and smile at me, you know, make eye contact, you know, and I'm just like chanting my mantra, and I would just bow my head, you know, like a little three year old. It was just. It's just so magical just to be that close to her, you know, her physical uh, manifestation for such a long time. Uh, you know, it's, but now I feel her with me all the time because I'm, I'm constantly chanting my guru mantra, which is very powerful because this, she whispered that into my ear personally, just for me. And that was the beginning of a very powerful connection between her and me. It's a relationship, you know, and, it, I mean, other people received the mantra that night, but have they been chanting it day and night ceaselessly since that night? Or did maybe they give up? Maybe they thought, oh, you know, I don't know, is it going to do anything? I chant the mantra, it seems boring, you know, I want to watch TV or whatever, you know. So, <laughs> but I'll tell you, it's very powerful. You do what she says, it transforms your life. You just pay attention. She doesn't ask very much. You know, she doesn't want me to be like her, be superhuman. She just wants me to be a good householder. I'm a householder. I'm not a renunciate. You know, I have a wife, I have a child. But I can still be a very good devotee. Very, very good devotee. Because it can chant your mantra all day long, you know. There's no time when you can't chant your mantra hardly. You know, the message that I received from Amar when I was there, I went to see her twice. I'd seen her before, but I'd went to see her twice, was I was looking at what she had built around her. The, you know, the, and they say on stage the money that she's put into charity and the schools that she's built and the empire that has been. And for anyone that's looking for expansion and success in what they do, you know, whether it's whether they're a musician or they're a business person you know, whatever they do. And the message really was about stop striving to achieve and just be love. Because, that's, right. you know, she doesn't strive to achieve anything. She just is that divine essence. Exactly. More, much more than you and I. But, 
you know, like like the Christ's message was that you too can be as me. All you have to do is yes, yeah, is be it. <laughs> yeah, it's so beautiful, and the most the coolest part is that all of that just it just grew up around her like yeah. a flower garden. Just, she didn't orchestrate any of it. Exactly. Rumsey Man would come to her and say. Amma, I want to give you all that I have. Please take it. She would say, well, that's very nice. You watch it for me. And if I need something, I'll call you. Yeah. But they'd be like, they'd be stupefied. You know, they would be stupefied. And and they would be, you know, again, another teaching lesson for them, you know. And and it's it's just so beautiful to see, you know, what's come up naturally around the presence of God, you know, because it, it makes sense, doesn't it? Because don't we all want to just be close to that source, you know? We want to be That's just what love. Mm-hmm. And when you see someone that is love, you want to just be near that and you want to be in relationship with it and, and, and help it, facilitate it, you know? And uh, it's just so beautiful what she's doing in this world. It's just so beautiful. But coming back to your daughter, what's her name again? Juliana Joy. Juliana Joy. You know, look at her. She is that. You know, babies are that. They are that that embodiment of love, you know, when we come in, all of us. And everyone wants to do, I mean, obviously they're helpless, but everyone just can't do enough for them, you know. They just can't do, give them enough, you know. It's like you just shower every, like, whatever you want, I'm here for you. And it's that same energy, isn't yeah. it? It's that same. Yeah, it is. It's, it's that true beloved relationship where it's a pure relationship of the lover and the beloved, you know, that I, I don't want anything from her. I just want to love her. I don't want Amma to do anything for me. I just want to love her. I want to serve her. I want to be near her. But I, I'm not expecting her to, you know, give me a boon and make me a millionaire or bring me a, you know, a supermodel or whatever. I, it's not what it's about, you know. Well, some people go to her for that, you know, and that's okay. Give me a supermodel. Yeah. <laughs> a rich supermodel. <laughs> right. A rich supermodel. <laughs> rich supermodel, yeah. So, you know, that's what Amma says is she says, you know, everyone gets what their hearts desire. If that's all you want, Sure, you can have that, but you realize that you know that's not doesn't really satisfy. It it doesn't. That this is not the true contentment. The true contentment is being love, being bliss, and the only way to that is to completely let go of the ego, to let go of of the separation, the the, the concept of separation. The whole idea of separation has got to go. You know, there, there's no. There's no Karen and Paul. There's one, one love, one God. You know, Amma even ultimately is an illusion. She, you know, you see that you think there's a woman there, yeah. but uh, what is she really? She's God. It's the oneness. She's, you know, she's taken this form for our benefit to help us. But you know, it's it's so beautiful when you get past all that. You know. People, there's so much suffering in this world, you know, because people think that they're separate. You know, oh, I have to do my work and I have to make my food and I have to earn my money and I have to do this for that person. And they think it's all separate, you know. It's like, no, 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 it's not. It only looks that way. It's just Maya. It's illusion. And uh, so, you know, uh, and you're... 
a devotee of Amma, your your awakening increases. Uh, the the speed of awakening increases. You know, I've been all my life. I've been on spiritual path since I was 1974. I would say I started seriously, but you know, there've been periods when I had much greater increase. Uh, you know, like a burst of a quickening where I'd make a lot of progress, and then there would be many, many years where I didn't seem to be making any progress at all. I seemed to even be going backwards, you know, like the dark night of the soul. Like, well, this isn't good, you know, it feels like I'm going in the wrong direction, you know. But of course, I was getting ready to meet Amma. It's so funny, in 1987, when the New Age Grammy was first awarded, Amma came to, her first U.S. tour, she came to Stamford, Connecticut, which... It was about 20 minutes. It was like right down the road from where I was living. She actually visited and did Darshan in Stanford. She never came back again to Stanford, Connecticut. But it's so funny that, oh, boy, I could have, I could have really benefited from meeting her in 1987. I was, I was in a, a world of uh, you know, darkness in a lot of ways. But, of course, there was a lot of light there, too. But it's just fast, it's fascinating, isn't it, that you, know, you could be a few feet away from the Divine Mother and not know. And Look, that, it's fascinating yeah. that they, you know, someone could be standing right in front of you and you could not know. I mean, you okay. know, the veil is so thick sometimes that it just blinds yeah. you to what's standing in front of you. I had an interview with someone last week yeah. who said, um, <laughs> completely obscured in plain sight. <laughs> I love <laughs> oh, that's great. I, <laughs> I loved that stage. Great sight, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, which song off the album would you say depicts what we're talking about now on Grace? I would say Angelic Presence because okay. it's, yeah, it's just cello and voice. A lot of voices, but it's just cello and voice. Let's have a listen to Angelic Presence. Accentuating the positive here on Soul Traveller Radio. My guest today is the gorgeous and delicious Paul 
Avignos. No, I've said it wrong. Avignos. Oh, Avgerinos. Avgerinos. But how do you say it with the proper accent? Oh, Avierinos. Avierinos. I want to say it with the proper accent. Oh, that's beautiful. My father would be so happy to hear you say that. I think he's making a special celebration right now in heaven. He's doing a little jig like he would do when he was happy. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. So Paul has won the Grammy for the New Age album this year. And do you want to show for Grace, the album Grace? Do you want to hold it up and show? Sure, people? yeah. This is uh, the album that won uh, Grace. Today came the Grammy Award in the, in the FedEx. It's very exciting. This actually came this morning by FedEx truck from Los Angeles. Yay. So beautiful. Yeah. First thing I did was take a picture of it with uh, Amma's, with this portrait of Amma, which is the look of love. So one of our favorite Amma portraits, because she's got a Martha Stewart thing going on with the sweater. And um, we love this portrait of Amma. It was in our room at the ashram. And, uh, you know, we, we said, oh, we got to have this picture. It's so cool. So I took a picture of the Grammy and some roses and Amma in the middle. And I'm going to post that pretty soon. That's so, beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank so, you. So what has happened for you as a musician in winning a Grammy? How many weeks ago was it? It was a few weeks ago now. Yeah, it was almost a month Almost two months now. Two months. Yeah, almost two months. Yeah, almost two months now. And the wonderful thing is that my sales uh, have been increasing since the Grammy, and they're actually reached an all-time high just now. I just checked last night, and I've always struggled with sales. You know, all my career, I've always been like the the cool artist that gets great reviews, and everybody thinks he's great, but he doesn't sell very much. That's right. been me. Right. And uh, so this is this is really really wonderful to see because I, I never thought that I would, would get any kind of decent sales. So that's really exciting. And, um, you know, I get to do more interviews and talk to wonderful people like you around the world and, and share the story of Alma, you know, to share this unconditional love and bliss. That's, to me, the best part of winning the Grammy is to be able to reach more people because, after all, that's why I started doing New Age music 30 years ago and it's why I still do it. The money is really just to help me keep, you know, I take the money, I put it right back into the next album and and pay the bills or whatever. But the the, the really beautiful part of an award like this is, is to be able to reach more people, you know, to reach and also to reach outside of the choir a little. That's always our dream, you know, is hoping that we can reach some people that maybe don't know about Amma or they don't know about New Age music, you know, and they, maybe there's something about it that captivates them, you know. Yeah. Maybe all their lives they've not really explored spirituality and maybe I get to be that person that, you know, plants that little seed, you know, and they say, oh, that guy's kind of interesting, you know. He's like, it's an interesting combination of elements. Like he, he praises Jesus and he praises a living Hindu saint at the same breath and he's doing this gentle, loving music, you know, and and so that's a great honor, you know, if you can reach some people that haven't heard this message before, you know, and maybe you make their lives a little nicer, a little more joyful, a little more peaceful, maybe you help them in some subtle way, and maybe it grows over time, you know. Yeah. So that, that, that's what it's all about, really. Mm. That's when a great people, joy. When people listen to your music, what are you hoping they receive from it? Are you hoping that they just 
relax and feel bliss again or just come home. Yeah, exactly that, Karen. Yeah, that, you know, that, that people trust themselves, you know, that they, they don't look outside of themselves, you know. It's, it's not that pretty girl or that handsome man or that big job or that car or that trip that it's that's really it's just a little blip you know it'll be fun but then afterwards you're going to be hungry again and it's just you know it, you have that fabulous meal but then you eat a little too much and it it doesn't really satisfy you know and so it's fine to enjoy life but as Amma says always remember your true purpose here what are you really here for why did you you know what what do you really seek what you really seek is constant connection with God, constant communion, constant relationship with the beloved, to be love, to be love, to be bliss, to just live it and breathe it. So if my, my humble music can, um, can help people feel that a little more, then that's a wonderful, wonderful gift to be able to serve in that way. It is. Oh, poor, beautiful. You know, I'm just thinking, I have so many clients who I say, meditate. <laughs> to. They say, how do I meditate? And people say, what, what meditation do you offer? And I said, well, I don't offer any. There's so many different. But just listening to that sort of music is just the perfect way, really, just to sit and listen and allow that music to help that mind calm down. And it's such a beautiful tool to help people in their meditation that don't know how to meditate, to yeah. have that to have that frequency help them acclimate to that frequency, you know, to attune to Yeah, them. yeah. And in our age, meditation is harder than ever because there's such so many disturbances in the wave, in the airwaves, the technology, emotions, billions of people. And so Amma is saying devotion, devotional singing, is the easiest and best way for most people. Deep meditation is actually very hard, you know, it's difficult. It, it takes a lot of practice and skill and uh, it's, it's hard. So on a track like Grace of Om, which we're going to play in a, in, a, in a few minutes, I created a bed. It's like an invitation. You can sing over it. You know, you can make up your own song or you can chant a prayer that you like. You can do anything over it. Just, But to get people singing, devotional singing, is such a healthy antidote to our modern civilization. Yeah. Oh, and you can do it anywhere. You can do it when you're driving your car, when you're washing the dishes, taking care of the baby, vacuuming the carpet, whatever, you know, fixing the car. You can sing. I sing all the time. People make fun of me at church, you know, because they, they hear me coming, you know, oh, here comes Paul, he's singing, <laughs> you know. So it's a direct path, you know, because when we sing, we're connected to our heart. And even you don't have to have a good voice, you don't have to be a singer, but just to pick up some words that you like, you know, like I am love or I am bliss or all is well or, you know, or a Jesus prayer or a kirtan or a mantra that you like. And then just just sing it, you know, make up notes and and and, and a, a track like Grace of Home is a wonderful bed. It, it kind of invites you to sing because it has the drone, you know, the pretty drone. And, and it just, it, you could meditate to it. You could just close your eyes and watch your breath. 
and meditate to it, but you can also sing over it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's what I do. I, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just make up endless permutations, you know, endless devotional songs, whatever's in my heart. You know, I might praise Amma, thank God, I might talk to Amma, talk to God, you know, about what's going on in a song. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what us musicians do, you know, we just make up stuff. <laughs> but um, but that's the beauty of a track like that. Um, you, you could just, you can go inside, you know, you can use it as a meditative tool, and just watch your breath and calm down more and more until you feel this this bliss, you know, that is your essence. But you can also reach that bliss by singing, by praising, you know, being in devotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Amma recommends uh, kirtan and bhakti yoga for this Kali Yuga that we're in, you know, because it's it's very powerful. It gets you out of your ego, you know, it just, just shuts the mind down. It gets you in your heart, mm-hmm. takes you out of your mind and into your heart. And, and you know, and then you don't want to go back into your mind because, you know, the mind is a wonderful servant. It's very good, you know, like if you need to fill out a tax form or something, it's nice to be able to read the questions, you know, and think, okay, well, that would be a six, I'll put a seven here, you know. The mind is useful as a tool, but it's a terrible master. It's, it's, it was never meant to be a master. There was never, it was not designed to be a master, it's designed to be a servant, you know. Use the mind to do a task. It's good for that, mm-hmm. but the heart needs to be the master. The heart is the master. The heart decides what's right and what's wrong. The heart tells the mind what to do. And that's what Amma's reminding us all the time. So stay in your heart, stay in your heart. Come out of the ego, come out of the mind, stay in the heart. Beautiful. All right, well, let's have a listen to this beautiful song. You can chant your own chant over the top of this, you said. You can come up with your own words. Grace of Om. Yeah, so the concept is, you know, Om is... You could just chant Om over it, and Om is very powerful. So, the grace of Om. Om has great. There's great, great grace contained within the power of this this mantra Om. Mm-hmm. So, if you just chant Om over it, you're going to transform your life. Just plain and simple. Plain and simple. Paul, yeah. it's been so beautiful to talk with you today. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for being on. Love, love to all, all of you and all your all the great souls that are connected with you. Amen. Jai Maha. so much for joining us for another enlightened conversation on Accentuate the Positive. If you would like spiritual guidance from my guides, Blissful Beings, go to karenswain.com for a reading or to listen to more enlightened thought leaders share their wisdom. Go to the listen page on karenswain.com and choose who you want to listen to. All the podcasts are also available on iTunes. Remember to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, you name it, we're there. Until next time, bye for now.